And now it's Geico's Motorcycle Rules of the Road. Avoid biking in the rain and never touch another person's bike. Hey guys, look at these bikes. So shiny. Uh, whoops. I'm gonna leave a note. Oh gosh, there's more. And the rule to saving on motorcycle insurance is, in 15 minutes, Geico could save you 15% or more. Home. They say it's where the heart is. They also say it's wherever you make it. They don't say it's where you unload your stuff, get tired halfway through unpacking, use some boxes as furniture, realize your oven mitts in a box that doubles as a nightstand, don't want to buy a new nightstand, and use a towel as an oven mitt instead. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than grabbing a piping hot pan with a towel that's a bit too thin and trying to quickly get it to the counter. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. Hi there, this is Jim the Keys bartender. Oh, well, now it's working, you know. Who'd have thought? That's I'm here with Papa Joe. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, we're uh, on. Hey. Yeah, I spent like 10 <laughs> minutes writing all the uh, stuff to put in the uh, what shows in the live feed. And when it cancels out, it cancels all that stuff. So I don't have anything other than episode 327. But I did put a precursor in. Um, for I posted on Facebook that we we're going to go be going live, and but you know what? I don't think people know know how to. I figure it. I don't. We're not. If we're going live, I don't know if it pops up on Facebook. I got to figure out how to do that. Yeah, that's the thing. It's only on Spreaker that they know it's live. Are you there? I am. Okay. So there's only whoever is on Spreaker. There may be only, I mean, it's, I'm not trashing Spreaker, but iTunes is the biggest streamer of this. And they get it as a pre recorded episode. Did I introduce myself, Jim Keys, bartender? I'm here with Papa Joe and all that stuff. Yeah, you did. <laughs> okay, I forgot. I forgot. Uh, it's it's Thursday, but you know I've done this so many times that I really I don't get flustered anymore. I don't get all uh, 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 red in the face and shit like that, Joe. So no, no, why? Yeah, and Let I it don't. Go re- sometime. Yeah, and if people don't know how to get a hold of that that's more my problem than theirs but then again like i i said before and i don't know if it's right a podcast isn't the genre for live shows normally but i figure you can get a couple of them i always i would thought it'd be nice like if we got a call from russia or something like that or india because right now in india i think it's probably two in the morning or something like that or midnight i'm thinking what 10 hours it's five hours in Poland. It's seven in the evening. So it's like probably like two in the morning in India. Uh, we have some li- listeners in India and the Russian Federation, which is over how many freaking time zones? 14 time zones? Yeah, something ridiculous. Yeah. So 
I got to take these mints out. I've been going crazy with these mints. Uh, Wintergreen uh, Lifesavers. I, I've been doing that since been wearing a mask because, you know, I drink a lot of coffee. I don't want to gross anybody out, but it's, you know, you don't want to be smelling coffee breath the whole time. Yeah, no. I get the same thing. It's just like, give me a mint. Yeah. Well, Joe, do you ever experience this when you go into work? Uh, I'm a, I guess, manic. I'm slightly, I guess I'm manic. It's like uh, where you're not in that great a mood and you just, you just trudge on through and do your job. Oh, yeah. I think uh, a lot of people kind of have those days. Well, I mean, I can only speak. I don't want to be one of those people that speak as if everyone goes through the same thing. And I was doing that yesterday. I had a little headache, a little tension going on, uh, going in there. And uh, it, w- it was, you know, a bunch of things going on. And the first thing that happens when I go into work at the catch restaurant is uh, somebody comes in without a mask. A guy, right? I guess he's in his early 30s, uh, big guy, and he and I are looking at each other, and I look at him, he goes, where's your mask? He goes, I, I don't have a mask. And I go, and he, I said, well, you got to have a mask when you come in. He goes, well, I'm here now. And I go, <clears throat> well, you take the mask off when you sit down, and he takes a chair, and he sits in a place he's not supposed to sit. So I said, first of all, no. I said, you don't have a mask in your car or anything? And he goes, no. I said, how can you not have a mask or anything? He just looks at, he doesn't say anything, gives me one of those dead eye stares, right? Jesus, yeah. I guess it's kind of intimidating, right, uh, to some people. Uh, I just went, I, I put my hands up and shrugged. I go, mm, got to have a mask. Guy looks at me, he's like, what do you mean? Uh, like, his hands go up, and I'm like, <laughs> Again, so I think the guy, the guy, I thought he said originally that he was going to order to go, right? But it turns out he may have ordered already to go because we had an order that wasn't picked up, and the previous worker who took the order uh, didn't get a phone number, so we didn't get a chance to really call them uh, for you know to check up. But you know, the guy went out and people thought he was going out to get the mask. I said, I don't think he's going out to get the mask. I think he was very pissed off. And so that I was already in the mood when I came in and this guy, this happened 10 minutes into my shift. Right. Right. So I'm like, and there was tension there. You can't hide it. You know, it's just tension. You, you're dealing with that. And I'm sorry for other people have to do it, but it piled on that, feeling I had coming into work and then it turns around this uh, about a half hour later or four, an hour later uh, a couple comes in who came in just to see me they always call me to see when I'm working I thought that was nice and then another couple came in and they told the, the owner came over and says Jim go over to that table and I said what did I do to these people and, you know go over to this table and it's another couple and they said no they came in here two years ago and they said they came in just to see you and uh, and they were very I, I won't go into what they said they said some very nice things though and uh, that just turned it around for me everything yeah I would imagine I bet you felt pretty good after that yeah yeah but I mean I thought well then I thought it made me think I shouldn't really 
be dependent on how, you know, because happiness and, and, and all those things, good moods are a choice, right? And I did appreciate yeah. this. I, did, I think it, it would be an act of, um, God, self-praise to talk about why they came in, why they do it and stuff like that. But it really shouldn't matter. And I told the people, I said, you know, this it made that makes every time in my head, right, I realize this perception that I'm a bartender at a, a family restaurant. I realize that. I'm 57 years old and people say, well, you seem like an intelligent Gentlemen, why are you bartending? I mean, you hear people say that all the time. Um, uh, well, uh, yeah, so what, what are you doing here? Why don't you have a different job? Why are you, you know, why are you maximizing your earning potential? And it's pretty much being able to contact people like that. I don't, I guess, I don't know how lawyers and uh, dentists and mechanics deal with that because they always deal with people like, you know, I'm sorry, you know, this is going to be 1400 bucks or Dennis, I'm going to be, I'm going to drill into the roots of your teeth, you know, or a lawyer is saying, you know, Hey, you know, it's $300 an hour for me thinking about it when I'm at home and you're just thinking all that stuff, you know, they got to deal with it. Right. A police officer like you, right. You were uh, a law in law enforcement. Those. Yeah. Yeah. Seldomly, seldomly gave good news. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the interactions are you know stressful and things like that. And I'm not, I'm not saying uh, I'm not getting in on the political side of it. And I realize there are bad police officers and bad uh, uh, suspects. So they're they're all out there. But what no, I was, but in, I'm, I'm talking point in of, pointedly. Doing... Yeah, how you deal with interact with the public. Right. It it all stems from what's inside of you that you project out. And your ability to manage control, to use the, you know, what we call, you know, the verbal judo. Yeah. But your outlook has a lot to do with it. If you're just a miserable, you know, curmudgeon, yeah, you're going to have the results that follow. Yeah. But if your general outlook is positive, you're entitled to a bad day. But you know what? If your outlook wasn't positive, I don't care who would have come in and said nice things about you. You probably still would have been miserable. But yeah, you're not I that person. Well, I, I, you couldn't. You can get in a rut, and you know, get into that thing where you're just—that's the way you become. You just fit yourself. Oh yeah, into listen, I—I I, I grew up with some people. No, no, no. I—I I grew up with some people in the neighborhood that they were just kind of miserable curmudgeons. They were funny in their own right because they were never happy. Yeah. But you could sit there and praise them all day long, and they would give you a smile. But you know what? It didn't shift them from being by choice miserable that's what mm -hmm. made them comfortable yeah they were just miserable some people are just like that but you're entitled as a generally happy person yeah. you know, to be affected by your environment or your or your health your mental outlook and maybe have a bad day but it, like i'm saying it's because you're generally positive that those people who came in and said those nice things and they were there just to see you that you immediately shifted. It sounded like it shifted, yeah. And it kind of changed your outlook, and, and that's and that's the way life is. We kind of feed off of each other that way. We kind of need, yeah. You know, we need we need other people. You can't live life on your own. Um, unlike a curmudgeon that really doesn't care about other people, they don't they don't they're not affected by anything really. 
Well, I mean, no one starts their life out. Remember those commercials? No, um, there was an anti-drug commercial. No one starts out saying they want to be a drug addict or a drug dealer. Or uh, Right, right. No one starts out life and says, you know what would be really be great? If uh, when I get older, people know me as a miserable motherfucker. <laughs> right? No, things generally happen to cause it. It's true, but... <laughs> I know. Some people get it, and they get that thing, and they, they use that as a substitute for personality. Yes. Yes, indeed. You know, I'm talkative. I'm egotistical. I talk about myself a lot. Um, I I mentioned I mentioned to someone I'm kind of, but I think I'm narcissistic on that same way as everyone is on that. Just like human sexuality, people are on a sliding scale, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and and the same thing, you know, but. I, when it comes to happiness and the point of mood, you know, you always hear people say, I never let anybody affect my mood. And that's, I, I call bullshit. Well, I mean, it's a lofty goal, but I think everyone is eventually at some point affected by other people, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, you do. You eventually do. You can say, I seldom like let other people. Right, right. That's more realistic. That's more. Yeah. That's more. I yeah. seldom. Um, and and I I wouldn't say that about myself. I would like to say that I try attempt to not let other people affect my. But sometimes you're. Poof. We, did you ever see the never ending story? Yes. Remember that his horse gets caught in the swamp. Yes. Yes. Depression. And what a wonderful, a wonderful, what a wonderful depiction of depression as this quicksand that right. sucks you in and you're done. And in life, life can do that to people. You know, if you got enough around you, if you don't figure a way of getting out of it, you're, you're, you're done. Yeah. Um, you just feel stuck. Yeah. Well, it, it, I'd like to be a person that was self internally motivated to be happy, but I look for it. If you look in, if you look for the positive, you might have a better chance of finding it. That's the way I view it for most people. Right. It sounds like bullshit, but you try to, you know, try not to be dwelling the negative too much, but that that's the way it was at work. It's a beautiful, it's a, was a beautiful day. Uh, yesterday it's a beautiful day today um we had some lovely people come in um oh wait and we are live right now if anybody is listening and you know what i don't think since the inception of the show we've ever had more than three people listen live i saw the statistics now some of the episodes had over 800 to a 1200 1500 2000 listeners Especially your Irma ones. But right. I've seen the stats, and I think a lot has to do with me not making it available and figuring that out. And I, you know what? I think I'm setting the table for it, for talking about it. And remember about saying that number for that one person who might be listening right now. The number is 407 392 4563. And when you call, if you do call, then it is, um, you are on. 
there's no screening or anything here. Maybe I might be able to figure that out, have someone screen calls and patch them in. I mean, I can figure that out, but who wants, I mean, I don't want to get all that equipment. If you're going to call right now, it's going to, but you know, if it ever comes a, a time when it becomes a problem, I just won't make it live anymore. I'll just record it and then release it, you know, right? Or I'll just yeah, tell people. But in the meantime. Yeah, did I say the number? 407-392-4563. It's always going to be that number whenever we're live. And if you can figure out how to, if you can come, tell me how you found it. It's probably through Spreaker. What I have to do is post the live feed on Facebook. Right? Or maybe yeah. I'll do a Facebook live stream at the same time like I did before where I'm recording and I don't know if that'll take up too much bandwidth and interrupt the show. But would that I'll require that. to have would that uh, require to have two phones? No, I'm doing I'm using the laptop and uh, the the phone call comes in. You know, it's funny. People if I did the Facebook one streaming live, it would just be me. You wouldn't hear you, right? Right. And unless I know. There's so much. But then again, there's radio shows. I don't think people call in to these remote radio shows when they do those location ones. And we get as many listeners after the fact as they get. Are you still there? Yeah. Oh, good. Because sometimes it's just start... that they're not, uh, they're, not around, uh, they're not around during the live show. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then one other thing I want to talk about regular. Every so often I have some really nice... Um, really nice. They're all really nice people that come in. Um, but I, I'm not a knickknack person. I told you that before. I don't, I don't do collectibles. Yeah. And uh, but when someone gives you something, I feel incumbent upon me to take it, thank them, and put it in some place. Uh, one of these guys, Van. Um, he listens to the show from the beginning, three years ago. He's from uh, Alabama, originally a nice guy. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a karate teacher to trim their hedges. Man, these shrubs are not made of plywood. Don't worry, another few chops should do it. Yeah! Nope! Yeah! Dang! But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Oh, this treehouse looks like particle board. There we go. I'm starting to doubt myself. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. And he brought me this soapstone uh, aircraft. It was, uh, you know, about, you know, six inches by eight inches. Uh, One of those um, uh, water planes, the planes that have the water, the skis, the pontoons for landing on water that they use in Alaska. Okay. You know, um, for traveling the coast and stuff like that. Like a model plane? Yeah. And was carved out of soapstone. He bought it thinking it was, uh, he bought it in a bar in Alaska from a a Native American woman, a Native, uh, a Native Alaskan, I guess, woman, which is America too. And uh, they said it was jade. I'm looking at it, it doesn't look like jade, but it looks like soapstone which is softer, 
and it was more brittle and it part of it broke when it was broken before he gave it to me but uh, and uh, which sounds like a sounds like a uh, a less than stellar gift but I, it was a thought that counts it was just I don't know why he gave it to yeah, me yeah absolutely yeah so I take it I put it up there and then then Abby moves them wherever she puts them on my desk I guess or something like that but I I have a tendency to try to get rid of things that are uh, clutter and but when something's given to you you know but I figure if I say enough I say I'm not a knickknack guy you send me a card send me a note I'll keep the note I'll keep a note. See, I'm, I'm making it cheaper for people. <laughs> if you want to write something that I keep, write a note or something. And I'll remember it. I'll keep it and, and things like that. So uh, that that's, you know, it's just one of the things you get with people that come in. It's really nice, I, I think. But when my mood changed yesterday, I just... I'm drinking coffee. I'm feeling good about myself. And I heard someone say something, and it made me think of, um, they said, priests and nuns. And when they said priests and nuns, for some reason I started thinking of a, this is a weird association. Freud would never be able to figure this out, Joe. I heard priests and nuns, and I thought Oklahoma, the musical. Why would you go there? Because I thought this. I heard priests and nuns and popes better scurry when I'm out and, you know, like that. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, God. That, that your was mind, the thing. And I mi- said. Your mind is fucked up, man. I know it is fucked up. <laughs> um, and I thought it was going to be kind of like a, a Catholic Oklahoma, right? <laughs> and I said to him. 18, the land rush was in 1890, right? So you got this whole thing. There's my, too much fucking coffee, Joe. That's the thing. And, um, and I said, I can rework the whole thing because they do that all the time. You know, uh, it's a parody. I know it's a parody, but, um, you know, I'm thinking, well, 1870 was when the reunification of Italy occurred. Okay. This is where I get How do you make the link? With Catholics in Oklahoma, and you could call it. I don't. Catholic. I don't know, but we're about to find out. Yeah, cat, we can call it Catholic Catholicoma, or um, or something like that. But when Italy Italy was um, forming itself into a nation state in the late 1800s, uh, it was actually after World War One where they got the rest of Italy together. But the Papal States had a big uh, section of it. And uh, I think it was 1870, 1880, the, uh, the Italian, newly formed Italian uh, nation state seized most of the papal lands, right? Now, if they had gone all the way and seized all, even Vatican City, the Pope could have said, well, that's it, I'm moving. And the United States was thinking, well, hey, uh, we had Oklahoma. It was an Indian territory. And, you know, eventually they were going to open it up to the to settlers, right? 1890, the land rush, you know, breaking right. breaking <laughs> once again the agreement they had with the Indians they gave it to. It was, a, so it was, a, it was supposed to be an Indian state. Um, so they could just offer it to – and the Pope goes, well, i got to move. Where am I going to move? And, and then, they, you know, whoever was the – 
president at that time, which would have been probably Grant, right? And then whoever was after Grant would say, oh, well, we don't like Catholics over here and we don't like Indians. Why don't we put all the Catholics, we'll offer Oklahoma to the Pope. And we call it Pope-lahoma, Pope-lahoma. That'll be it, Pope-lahoma. Pope, how about Poke-lahoma? <laughs> yeah, Poke-lahoma, Pope-lahoma, and stuff like that. You have, you know, all the different songs. Uh, but then I thought it would get, it'd be too controversial. I wouldn't be able to sell it because, um, you, uh, what, what would you do? It's, um, the, uh, some people may, uh, I'm thinking of all the other songs. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Blah, blah, blah. And then I thought that, that with the cat, the cowman and the farmer should be friends. The priest and the altar boy should be friends. And then I said, wait, then there's the sore spot right there. No pun intended. Uh, the sex abuse scandal, and I said that'll that'll probably fail. And then I thought about all these other. Th- I think I know why. I, I'll tell you why at the end. But then I thought about all these other musicals, right? And, and yeah. uh, the West Bank story, right? Instead of West Side Story, West Bank. Yep. Be Malika and Menachem, right? Malika. <laughs> is a Palestinian and Menachem is a uh, Jewish settler and they can do all that you know I've just met a girl named Malika and so and, and you know they hate each other so I mean it works perfectly for that right and yeah, eventually they're going to eventually, eventually they're going to I believe this is a bold prediction I think eventually they're going to get they're going to have a peace treaty over there with the Palestinians eventually it's going to be brutal. It's going to be long. They, unless the Israelis and the, and the Palestinians get down and do it, they'll eventually do it. And then they'll probably do an adaptation. I bet they do an adaptation of it. Uh, and then there's Phantom of the uh, White House. Right? And then I got okay. political. Phantom of the White House. And then you have like a, a, a character with the mask and the hair, but you see it with the comb over and stuff like that and who it is. And instead of <laughs> what was that? The something of the night, the tweeting of the night, or all I the tweet tweeting of the night. All there I you go. all I instead of all I ask you, all I tweet of you, and all that stuff. And then it finished up because except, of but wait, that the phantom could not swoop from the riggings and rescue or take away the beauty. Uh, because obviously this particular phantom would fall flat on his face. He's too fat. Well, no, we just have like a Secret Service guy grab a porn star or something like that. Just send it to a porn star. <laughs> right? And, and lay, lay, lay Magarabla or lay deplorables, right? Uh, lay deplorable. Lay deplorable. Uh, it, it takes, you can set it on a. Um, yeah, and and it's uh, you can have Trump is chased by a relentless federal prosecutor for obstructing justice, profit, <laughs> profiting from being the president, soliciting foreign interference in election, advocate not just stealing a loaf of bread. So you got some palpable stuff. Advocating political and police violence, abuse of power. Well, that would be perfect, Jim. Prosecuting political perfect, opponents, attacking the a lot of them still carry uh, you know pitchforks, pitchforks yeah. and torches. It's perfect. Yeah. 
and and the and and it'd be Don Valdon instead of Jean Valdon. Yes. Jean. And uh, you'd have a prosecutor, whoever the prosecutor eventually gets him, and stuff like that. And he befriends a Slovenian uh, prostitute, right? Who is his current wife, right? So you right. have to do a whole changeover of that, and. Uh, you, there's a whole bunch of them like that. And then that's where I was thinking the whole night. And then I said, well, why the hell did that come from? And then earlier in the day, I recall, you think all this stupid shit I think about. And you say, it's just, oh, you know, like the, the brain firing on a person that's dying. You know, you have some crazy thoughts that probably pop in your head. I was listening to National Public Radio to this show called This American Life. And this okay. is real. This is real. And they were doing this episode was movies that people. Uh, it was it was a little lighthearted. It was just way people's perceptions change, and it was movies that they saw multiple times. Right. They just picked so, them out, and there were the one right. story was really great. It was just one of the producers on. The guy's show and uh, what's the guy's name? The guy, he, Ira Glass, is the the host of This American Life. It's an NPR radio show. It's on Sundays at it uh, at eleven. It airs Sunday at eleven or ten o'clock. I was, I think it's ten o'clock on Sunday on on the national public radio stations. I love this show. It's something you can listen to, and but I listen to it recorded as a podcast. And the producer uh, watched multiple times The Sound of Music, right? But as it turns out, when she was a little girl, they had it on VHS. And The Sound of Music was a two-tape movie. Right, that was a long movie. Yeah, yeah. And she never saw the second half. No. Yeah, she saw it right up to the intermission. And... So she had her own impression, and it just—it was crazy thinking. She has her own impression of what the sound of music was about, because—and this is her impression was that um, the main character of the movie was the young girl, Lisette. I think her name was Lisette, and she thought it was a mail carrier. A guy was a mailman, a young mailman, Rolf. You know, her boyfriend. <laughs> right. Because she said Maria, she thought Maria and the captain or whatever his name was, uh, Major or, yeah, the captain. He was the captain in the Austrian Navy, I think. Um, Von Trapp, Captain Von Trapp, the, the father. She thought he was the bad right, guy. Right, the father. She thought he was the bad guy. And Maria was just. Well, in the movie, he comes across. He comes across like a real hard authoritarian with the kids, but yeah. I can see where she where she thought that. Yeah, and 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 because this part of the show, they made her watch the whole movie again, and then she said it kind of ruined her, <laughs> ruined the movie for her. Because if you don't remember, it's like oh, so well, she wasn't Lisette, excited. Lisa and Rolf weren't the main characters. 
she figured out, oh my God, I got it wrong. It was Maria and Maria and Captain Von Trapp. And Von Trapp was a hero. And matter of fact, she kind of liked the part, the one part that really changed it for her was when they're at, they're, okay, so Rolf turns out to be kind of a, a, a Nazi. You know, he, he's, he's going along with it because at the time it was, Austria was going through the Anschluss and it was the acquisition of Austria by uh, Nazi Germany. And it was kind of like the voluntary acquisition. It was as, you know, there were some real diehard people in Austria that said, you know, we want to go along with that. And, you know, it, it wasn't the majority of the Austrians, even though Austrians were mainly, mainly Germanic, right? But there was a lot of other, in Austria, there was a lot of other minority groups. There were Hungarians and Bulgarians, you know, all different groups, because Austria-Hungary was a big empire at one time. And so... so. Uh, it wasn't a given that a majority of the Austrians wanted to go along with the Nazi Germany, but there was enough in the military and in the populace that when the Germans wanted to come in, there was nothing they could do about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, they just rolled in. There was not. They just rolled no right resistance. in and said, "Oh, you guys are German now. You're part of the. You're part of the Third Reich, right?" Now, von Trapp didn't. You know, von Trapp was a, a Austrian nationalist. He says Austria is its own country. Now, I'm not giving it. He, they may come a story and say Von Trapp was an anti-Semite. You know, he didn't have a problem with all that. Well, it turns out if you don't, a lot of people that didn't like the Nazis, they didn't like their policies too, right? So, here's this woman. She thinks Captain Von Trapp is the bad guy. And it the part of the movie, hey, listen, I don't have to, normally I don't like to give spoiler alerts. If you haven't seen the fucking Sound of Music yet, you're going to, you know what? You deserve yeah. to have it spoiled for you. Okay. <laughs> so the Nazis are in there. The Von Trapps, Maria, Maria was, God, she was a novice nun. And the Catholic Church, some of the Catholics weren't so good at resisting the Nazis in the beginning, you know, and through the whole oh, movie. Some, some were they, absolute collaborators. Yeah, they were collaborators. And take this from two cat. I mean, well, you were you were raised Catholic too, right? You're I Italian. was. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't going to because I had a friend who my dad's best friend was Italian American, but I think he was raised Lutheran, something like that, which is weird, you know. DeMarco. That is odd. Name. I just assume, and you know, it's even more so than someone from Central America now because they got they got Protestants in Central America and all that stuff. But that's neither here nor there. So. Austria's completely Nazified, and the Von Trapp, you know, Captain Von Trapp, dips, you know, uh, reveals his love for Maria, goes and gets her from the convent, right? And uh, they get married and blah, 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 blah. And they say, well, they're in love and stuff like that. And then they say, wait a second, Austria's Nazi now. It just turns out, that here we are, we're Nazis. And they said, we can't stay here, you know? we got to get out of here, you know, because they're going to force him to be, they're trying to get Captain Van, Von Trapp to join the German Navy and all this stuff because he was a good officer and all that. But if he didn't join, he'd be, you know, he would be put in probably one of their prisons. So they decide, do you remember this part? They go to 
the folk festival uh, in Vienna, I think. And right. And, and it's a big festival with all these entertainment groups and the Von Trapp family. And, you know, Captain Von Trapp says, well, I'm the head of the family. I'm going to be in your singing group, the kids and Maria and stuff like that. So at the point of the movie where, okay, they're ready to escape. They're going to escape right at that point. In, in the, um, I may get this a little out of order, but they just finished singing. And they're supposed to leave after they're done singing. They're supposed to get in the car and take off. And I think they may have. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a monster truck driver to deliver pizza. And the neighbors are going wild. You can hear that engine from a mile away, Fran. And he's foregoing the driveway and heading right up the lawn and over the azaleas. What a power move. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. With six-foot tires and a roll cage, this pizza guy could quite literally crush the competition. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Something like that. I may get it wrong. But Captain Von Trapp gets up and he sings Edelweiss, which is kind of like an Austrian national tune. And it was anti, it was taken as anti-Nazi. And he sings it, right. uh, he sings it on with acoustic guitar. Obviously, they didn't have an electric guitar at that time. But he's, sing, he's singing along and stuff. And all the crowd joins in, the Austrian nationalists, and they're kind of crying and all this stuff because, you know, Austria, they're, they're singing about Austria that's gone, right? That one that had uh, art and, and it was an open society and, and things like that for Europe at that time. And uh, and then she realizes, she said, wow, Von Trapp is the hero. That's when she figures it out. And then when Ralph, they meet Ralph on the uh, roof of a house or something like that and Von Trapp's talking to Ralph, Lizette's boyfriend, who's, he's not a postman. He's a courier. He's a military courier all that time. He was for the Austrian army. And then he, when the Germans came in, he joins, he gets a Nazi uniform. And Lizette, Lizette right, right. thinks, oh, well, we can still get, you know, we can still get together. Oh, that's a nice uniform. Lizette has no idea what the Nazis are and stuff like that. And finally, he's not interested in her, Right. And they're ready to escape and stuff like that. And he's ready to rat him out. And Kirk, Captain Von Trapp talks to Ralph and goes, you're not one of them. You're never going to be one of them. And that's when the asshole kid blows the whistle to get right. the rest of the Nazis to chase him. And they've got to go running up the side of the mountain to climb, to climb the mountain. I don't, think they, I don't think they escaped that way. I think they just drove, I think they just drove into Switzerland. If I remember correctly, because I I stayed at the Von Trapp uh, Lodge in Stowe, Vermont, and I asked people and said, "Well, that story wasn't really accurate," you know. They did a little. Yeah, made sing. for a great movie. Yeah, made for yeah, Sound of Music and all that shit. But it was just so funny uh, that person, one person, not seeing the whole movie, is kind of like a parody or, or a pair uh, metaphor for life how people don't know the whole story or a whole person really you know so you see the first half of the movie then you see the whole thing through 
right? Think about it. Like, it's like you, you had friends, right, that um, you're old enough. I had friends that I thought I knew them really well, and then all of a sudden you hear something horrible happens, right? Right. And yeah. you don't really know. I didn't see the whole movie. I only saw the part that I saw. And it changed the whole perception of that person, just like you would have a movie. Some people, some people just see, and it's kind of like with our politics today, right? Immigrants are well, bad. Immigrants are saying, "We hear the whole story." An immigrant breaks in; he he breaks into a house, kills a family, right? But they don't see the other ten million immigrants that are working hard and doing all this up. The rest of the story, they just see the first story. So all immigrants are bad. You know, it's just the way thing they show on the news and stuff. The one thing. You know, you don't, you know, we don't know the whole story when some people scream fake news and all that stuff because these news, oh, yeah. these news people are trying to get the whole story. There's a whole story. There's a simple story and there's a whole story. And until well, listen, you get the whole story... story. There's, there's no way it, somehow we've convinced ourselves that we're entitled to hear a news story and they have to provide every nuance every angle all the depth I mean they can only do so much right it's, yeah. it's a presentation of, of information but wh when did we when did we lose our ability at inquiry at research I, I mean we don't want we no longer want to go through the labor of finding stuff out on our own so we become content with being told what to think and we tend to gravitate towards those bubbles that have the chatter and conversations that we kind of agree with yeah. because the lazier we get the, you know, we don't want to put ourselves in a position of hearing the other side of the story. It, that becomes a conflict that would require us to have to pay attention to research, to look into things, to consider other points of view. Nah, I think we become a little bit too lazy. Um, and, uh, it just feels better. Doesn't it? When everyone around you just agrees with you, I don't feel better, but it seems a lot of people feel really good always hearing people agree with them. It's just a sad state of affairs. It really yeah. is. Well, I mean, it, 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 it works in, in our legal system, let's say. If, if the prosecution or the defense only got their say, only got their say, it's, it's, think of um, God medieval or post-medieval uh, Britain. You know, they had the court systems and all that stuff, but it's mainly the kings. They didn't have... They're supposed to have defendant and stuff like that, but let's say before, before they started instituting the rule of law, it was pretty much if you shot... If you, you know, shot a bow and killed a deer on in the king's almost, you know, King's Forest, you killed the King's property. You poached deer. And it could be 
you could be put in jail for a long time for that, right? And all they had okay. to do was go, let's say this guy goes, his family's starving and stuff like that. You don't, you don't, all you know is he brought up on charge. This guy was uh, guilty of poaching a, a deer. And that's the king's deer. You have to get permission to do that. And that's all they say. And they'll come up and present the thing and they'll say, do you have anything to say? Well, my family was starving and stuff like that. Uh, maybe they get to say that. Right? But chances are, they didn't. They did. That's half the story. Same thing when, it's, uh, you know, even now with women that um, responded to domestic violence, let's say they're defending themselves and they end up shooting their, shooting their abuser or killing them somewhere. You know, a lot of times they end up in jail and they don't hear the backstory, Or the evidence is so prevalent for the murder that the murderer of the abuser, but the, there's only hearsay evidence of the abuse. And they end up going, you know what I mean? They end up going to prison anyway. So, you know, anytime, anytime someone doesn't really get the whole the whole story and that's why news comes out you're right you can't how does the news the, the fires the forest fires or some something turns out like there's a, a a protest and something happens and they go oh my god look who it is it's so and so oh the 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 blm is rioting and some people are murdered right and it turns out it's a right wing it could be some guy from the bugaloo boys right you ever hear those guys? Right. Wing group, and they go and instigate violence and stuff like that. You don't have the whole story. You know, we really don't have the whole story. And then the people try to change the story too, just like the sound of music. Like when it's Civil War, they go and say the Civil War. Well, the Civil War wasn't about slavery. It was about states' rights. The states' rights to have slavery. And <laughs> go back, go back on it. That's the right. <laughs> you know, so that you know, that was the main thing. And they want it. You want it. You just want to be able to tell your side of the story. Right? And so Maria... Yeah. And Maria and Captain Van Trapp, they were in a insular. It's, it's Ralph and Lisette, or Lisa, or whatever her name is. And um, they're the real... No, they aren't. No, they're, they're not They're not the uh, people's story because the girl never really wanted to see. Uh, the mother of the girl uh, insisted that she saw the whole movie. Yeah, uh, that that was interesting, and I, I don't recall ever seeing half a movie as a kid. No, no, me neither. I mean, if I saw only half a movie and I didn't try to see the rest of the movie, that means I wasn't interested as a kid seeing any of that. You know what I mean? I I could care, fucking uh, one iota whether I wanted to see it, and that's. That may be the thing. You, you, I saw the thing I want, you know, like that girl said, I saw the thing I wanted to see. I don't need to see the actual events. Right? Right. Well, what's she saying? What's she saying? I'm content with knowing what I know. Yeah. And so, so please don't tell me it's different. Yeah. It's like so, uh, the I, usual suspects. Right? That's a great movie. Yeah. The whole movie, Usual Suspect, Sixth Sense, whatever. The whole movie, you get one impression, right? 
of what's going on. And then you have the narrator, who is Kevin Spacey, telling his story that he wants everyone to hear. And it's only at the very end, when he leaves the uh, police precinct, and he's limping, that he starts walking straight, he lights up his cigarette, blah, 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 and he's Kaiser, he's Kaiser Soze. Or right, in Sixth exactly. Sense, you think, wow, okay, you know, and then you realize at the end, Bruce Springsteen, uh, Bruce Springsteen, Bruce Willis is, is a ghost. I mean, is, is it's like, well, I don't want to know that part. I, I mean, if they cut out the last five minutes of it, you would maybe start suspecting that he might be a ghost. Right. But that movie was so well done with the twist. Yeah. I mean, is there any other... If you just took out the last five minutes, it's a completely different movie. No, the last five minutes in both of those films. So, I mean, it's the reveal. I mean, it makes the entire movie make sense. It's the last 30 seconds in The Usual Suspect. I mean, think about... Is there any other... Just a tiny bit of information just changes the whole thing. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you. Okay. Well, I'll give you a premise. Um, Trump has the ambassador of Russia and uh, the uh, foreign foreign secretary in his office. He gets rid of the, uh, the American translator, the American photographer, right? And only keeps the right. Russians in a room with him. And he says, well, they just want to have a private conversation. Well, on on surface, there's nothing wrong with it. But then if you put everything else together, like he says, they might have... They, they put, put the whole thing together. If it was a movie with all the things about phone calls and all the people with their contacts to the Russian government and... Ru- ru- Russian uh, Secret Service the FSB if you put it all together then then you take all this together and you say wait there's probably something there or is it all coincidence or it's all coincidence oh you say well how about if you just say no you can't see my tax returns so you can't see the the loans from any Russian uh, financiers or hear about Trying to build the Trump Hotel in the um, in Moscow. Without, if you take each one of those separately, it's a completely different story. Of if you course put it them is. All, if you put them all together. You got you got you got a a real, you know, you got to really think about it. But people just say no, it's it's exaggerated. It's this that and that's and that's just what you do. If, um, like a woman says, well, listen, why did you end up shooting your husband? Well, he abused me. These are the marks. This is where he beat me with the belt. This is what he did with this. This is where he choked me. Uh, these are the bruises on my neck. Um, you can choose not to see the bruises on your neck, on the neck, or the belt marks on the back, or the 911 phone call, or the neighbor's testimony, and all that stuff. If you choose not to hear any of that, all you have is a dead body, a bullet, and a gun with a woman's prints on it. 
completely different story. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she killed. You just, I, well, she's she's wrong. She she's a murderer. So that's the way it is. And people seem to be fine with that. It's a weak argument. It's like with um, they want a simple um, explanation for climate change. Oh, it just happens. Science, like Scientific America. You know the magazine Scientific America. Right. They just came out the first time in their history they ever endorsed a presidential candidate. 175 years, my friend. And, the first time. And it wasn't, drumroll please, it wasn't Trump. No, they, they are supporting someone at this particular time because of the urgency of the one candidate that supports science. Yes. The one person shouldn't science. shouldn't really shock anyone. I don't think the scientists. It's funny. The people are defending their way of life. I'm sure some of them are in there for financial reasons. Some are in there for cultural reasons. Some, you know, cultural cultural reasons could be that because they think this. And I think some people make up this uh, pro life thing in order to be able to not like certain people. You know, they can say, well, I'm kind of a racist, but I really have a problem with the, uh, my big problem is with people killing babies. No, you made it important to think that you think you worry about killing babies because you really don't care about the babies at all. Because once they're born, you, you I mean, the, what, the uh, ice, they were um, sterilizing, they're sterilizing some of the, um, there yeah, there's about eight women in Georgia that were uh, sterilized. Yeah, I mean, where is where is the outrage for sterilization? Oh, there's no outrage for sterilization. No outrage. If you're pro life, you're pro life. Oh, don't get me don't get me started on fake religion. Yeah, that bullshit. It's, uh, that. Again, it's it's people who find these bubbles of communication that coincide with their real inner emotions and their likes, um, things that coincide with their dislikes, and they gravitate. It's easy. It's lazy. You don't have to think. It requires no no cognitive function other than screaming the the, the agreed to, you know, chance. You know, give me a break. And and, and, and these big fucking boat rallies. And signs. Signs don't mean shit. People just think, they, I'm going to put a sign in my yard. Look at that. I'm putting That's a sign. That's because they got a small penis. Well, whatever that is. Whatever. You're going to put a sign in your yard. What the <laughs> hell is that going to do? You know, it, you know what? They're going to find out that all this shit they do, yeah, they're already motivated. We know who you're going to vote for. If you remember to vote, if they, they're d- smart enough to remember to vote, you know, they may not even be registered, you know, some of these idiots. No, um, no, I will, I will give what, them that. They're, they're doing, registered and they're no, motivated. No, but they're motivating other people, too. I, I swear to God, they're motivating yeah. other people. They're going to look oh, no, at no, they're, they're going to They're reminding other people, oh, you don't understand. If you're that obnoxious to support someone that obnoxious, some people think, there's a lot of people think you're obnoxious. 
and they're not your close friends who are always going to vote like you and stuff like that. It's, I think, I think what happens is I really think that we're being deluded by or denuded or whatever by people thinking that there are more of them than there are. Just like the moral majority. Remember that in the 1980s, right. the moral majority? Yes, indeed I do. <laughs> and it was, you know, it wasn't, they weren't a majority. They were a no, subset of a majority. They were a subset of a majority group, which was white people and bl- and some black, maybe, and stuff like that, maybe. But a small smaller group, they were a subset that voted in sync meaning they voted for the same person. And Dick Cheney figured that out. He said, someone said, well, there's, if we took the general population, only 32% of the people support, I think that that was the number someone said to Dick Cheney. We could garner 32% that of people like our policies. And Dick Cheney, who was a very smart man, right? See, I don't make that... It's not, I don't make a moral judgment on smarts, right? You're either smart or you're not. No, no. Like him or not, he was a smart – he's a he's smart guy. A smart guy. He says, I can govern with those numbers. Or maybe Karl Rove said it. I can – I can. we can govern – we can govern with those numbers. Because the, the nice thing – the nice thing that the conservatives have it on their side is they don't get new ideas – they got old ideas, and they don't change, and they don't split people. So, build a wall, get the immigrants, uh, throw criminals in jail, blah 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 blah. This that pro, uh, pretend you're pro military, right? Uh, yeah. You know, have a chicken hawk. You know, a couple chicken hawks tell you uh, what's patriotism. You know, the guy that hugs the flag and stuff like that. Never served a, a moment. Uh, and, you know, public life. They say he's serving as president. He's not serving as president. He's in, he's enriching himself. So I don't know how we got this far in this. I am so sorry. Why? Why I thought? But they get, got such unchanging views. Conservative, and that's textbook. Conservative is old views. They're not open to change. Yeah, generally, you're right. So they're not open to change. They don't have to change. They don't have to modify their platform. They did it this year, the RNC. They didn't issue a platform. You know why? They don't need to. It's the old platform. There's no new well, ideas. they don't have one. They don't have they're, new ideas. No, they don't have any health care. They almost, almost, they have no ideas because yeah. they address nothing. You just said it. Health care. Get rid of it. No, there's, there's, yeah, that's it. They, they, they kill they what really, we got, but we have nothing yeah, to replace yeah, it with. Uh, no, no protecting. Yeah. No, I mean, they don't have anything to protect pre-existing conditions no. and stuff like that. No, no, and no. Or or uh, the um, postal service, which is a service just like the armed services. We said that before. They're not meant to show a profit. They're quasi-public-private. They're, the, the postal fees are to defer the cost of the service. We need a postal service. Okay? We need a per- postal service that's nonpartisan. So. Yeah, we, we do. Unfortunately, they changed the law. The Republicans passed the law that said they have to be 
uh, self-sufficient with their funds. That's ridiculous. They said, okay, well, how about that? Then they started tampering with the retirement system, which actually uh, put them in a position where they could never uh, be operating in the black. They will forever be in the red. So they were crippled. Remember, it is the Republican mantra. If it's government-owned, find a way to make it privately owned. Well, um, what if what if the sub, space agency every else. other thing? The space agency, the uh, the navy, the army, the air force, the coast guard, the marines. The weather. The, How about yeah, the weather? Weather. Noah. You didn't make any money. How much money did you make? Did you cover your? Where's your budget coming from? Yeah, I, your, listen. It's retarded thinking. It's backwards thinking. It, it's not meant to make money. But that's not what Republicans see government as. Yeah. By and far, they see government as an opportunity to make money. Yep. yep. They'll come out and tell you that. Yep. And so. some people will criticize the Democrats for saying, well, they're the opposite. They want to expand government. Yeah, well, my, so, one, of my, one of my teacher Sky's um, uh, teachers, they did uh, in a history class or something, they were talking about political parties. And I had, they said, uh, the. Um, the Democrats are for a larger government. And we go, what? Wait a second. Services, more taxes. And I would I would display, I said, more equitable taxation. Yes. That's what I would I dispute. I said, I would want to talk to the teacher, but I didn't want to be one of those parents to say, you know what? I have more influence over my daughter than this teacher does. And I said, listen, this teacher's a partisan. Listen to her. But keeping it back in her head that she's talking from a partisan view. You know, if I was teaching it, I said, this is a history class. This is what they stood for. And at the time, because I would have no problem to say during the Civil War, the Republican Party was a party of abolition. And the Democratic Party was more of a party for business. And it was kind of role reversals. But that's just the way it is. Don't get locked up in the mantra and stuff. History is history. Why would you want to change yeah, it? It isn't personal. It's just the way things played out. Yeah. So, well, we did all things. We talked about our musical ideas. You know, I, you didn't really critique it. What do you think about Oklahoma? Can you say Oklahoma? Oklahoma sounds like a, a porn. A, a gay porn Exactly. Movie. Well, you're going to start putting the Catholic Church in something like that. You better make it Oklahoma, given their track record with little boys. Well, wait a second. Wait a second. See, this is where I want to say <laughs> one thing. One thing you, 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 you want. It was both boys and girls and women and stuff like that. It's all, it's, 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 it's a ongoing. Was it a free for all? And, and one isn't the other. Like, I want to just say, um, Pedophilia is not to be equated with uh, homosexuality. No, no, no. That's a totally Absolutely different thing, not. and that, and it's actually uh, you know because it crosses the, those things. So, um, I wanted to, but Oklahoma does sound like a, a, a porn movie, you know, and it would be probably be a lot more popular. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, wow. That would be uh, interesting. That would be kind of like the Heaven's Gate of adult movies. You remember Heaven's Gate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was it a, was that a Spielberg movie or, or Lucas or it was one of those big directors and he just went he got out of control 
and they just let they just let I told my I was telling my Abby that um, at one time you know if someone produces something like Quentin Tarantino or um, Spielberg or Lucas after they had their big successes right they let people they let directors or producers do whatever they want you know crazy stuff and that's how Heaven's Gate got me that's how that movie it wasn't a big blockbuster a Quentin Tarantino movie you ever hear this movie from dusk to dawn did I mention that to you last week not dusk to dawn no and I don't think I've seen that one okay it's two movies made into one movie okay Okay. When you, when you get the, if you can watch the whole movie, I'll just talk about it. I'm going to give you one week. I'm going to give you four or five days to watch it if you want to. Okay. Or any of the listeners, but I'm going to ruin it for you next week. Okay. I'm going to ruin. It. And this, I have a take on from dust to dawn, and it was. Uh, I I think Quentin Tarantino was just doing too much coke. He was too fascinated by. Uh, who, who was the woman? He Uma Thurman's feet. You know, he had a foot thing for Uma Thurman. But he, he's a crazy son of a bitch. And I love, I love his movies. I love it. Little gory. Little gory. But... Yeah, they can be. Mo- movie gore. Movie gores, which is all right. But he... Uh, and I can't... And you know what? I can't... I've never been able to sit through Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate... Oh, God. It takes place in the late 1800s, I think. And it's about, I think it's a cattle baron versus a townspeople, maybe, or something like that. But I'll tell you, I've every time I tried to venture into this movie, it was so bad. It's just, I, I, I'm watching it. I can get, I have an opinion on this show on HBO, Lovecraft Country. I, it's could be unpopular the view, it could be unpopular. And you gotta remember, I love African American art, that the movies they made and all that stuff. And but some stuff you gotta, some stuff doesn't make sense. And I had to make a decision the other. I was watching Lovecraft Country, and um, I think it doesn't make any sense. It's an HBO miniseries. Oh, series. You, you hear about it? No. Um, you know I don't what? Really watch Luckily, I'm this. not that popular that it will be controversial for me to say. But I had to stop watching it because it doesn't make any sense. I I liked it. I liked the beginning. I liked everything. I believe the the thing they showed about uh, it was the main characters are African American, and the racism in it is. Uh, accurate I think that probably an accurate depiction right but the supernatural stuff they put in it I'm not I'm not quite getting it 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 reminds me it it feels like three different movies pushed into one you know yeah some some of these producer directors you scratch your head and or the, or the writers or the the executives. Why would you buy a script like that? But you know, 
It, it's almost as if they're writing the script while they're while the film, yeah. filming's going on. I'm not talking about the night before. Like here, we're filming right now. Here's your new dialogue. Boom. I'm like, holy crap! This is a situation. I didn't quite. I just had to stop watching, and I got to hear this afterwards. Maybe, maybe I'm. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's too late at night for me to figure it out. I just don't. I mean, I get some. I can get a complex, a complex storyline. I just don't get this one. I'm, I'm just not getting it. And I think some people are afraid to say, eh, "I'm not. I'm not getting it. I'm not getting that." Just a different view. And I saw some. I saw this one, this English uh, HBO show called. Uh, I may destroy you. It's about a woman oh, who. Did you hear about it? No. It's about this young uh, uh, British uh, woman of uh, African descent who's a writer who gets raped when she's out, and she's reconstructing the rape throughout the whole series and dealing with it and stuff like that and dealing with her life and all that stuff. And it's kind of kind of messed up the stuff that goes on in it but in the end there's I thought it was great well told and you know showed all the complexities of her life it was pretty and I understood that and I I got it I just I think they got a little too mismatch in this this Lovecraft country and I'll uh, talk about that some other time if, if it behooves that I don't know some people may get upset at, but lucky I'm not that popular yet that people will get upset about it so I don't think I have a large audience that will be aghast at me saying that I'm done okay yeah. sorry <laughs> so, sorry <laughs> sorry you said all that shit <laughs> but you know hey wish you could take it back no I couldn't take take it back so Joe I'd like to thank you you're welcome and if you download the show I'd like to thank you for downloading it um, and I did mention the uh, the phone number I got to post I got to put a new title in here and all that stuff it's going to just post this episode 3 what did I say 327 what yeah. do you think for a title a Poklahoma maybe Maybe call it Poklahoma. Oklahoma. That's perfect. I want to call it Poklahoma. Then call it Poklahoma. Or, yeah. And now, but, because uh, I'm going to put a I have a picture of Lade Dave uh, Porabla. Dave Porabla. Man, I took French. How do you say it? <laughs> but listen. Yeah. If you're listening to the show, please follow us on Facebook and figure out how to get the live go to Spreaker you can listen if you want to listen to a live go to Spreaker and listen to that or I think you can get it from the website www.keysbartender.com or you can email any comments or questions or observations to jim at keysbartender.com thank you very much Joe I'm going to put on the music now you ready do it Go for it. It's going, Joe. That is outstanding.
can't hear it. Oh, Oklahoma, where the wind blows right up my dress. Yeah. Wait. Priests and nuns and popes better scurry when I'm out in my... And I've got to call it the Pope of the Okay. So. <laughs>